morning. Now, if you can't hear me, you have to raise your hand. So um, I don't want to be totally responsible. Because I don't know if you hear me or not. So if you don't tell me, I can't respond. So if you can't hear me, please do something. So, yeah. <laughs> There's room to dance in the back. <laughs> I was just listening to, I was up really late last night, way too late. <laughs> I didn't go to bed till 1.30, I couldn't help it because I was um, uploading or downloading, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but uh, I had lost the um, Google my in, in, in YouTube. Actually, I've been I've been uh, putting favorites. You know, it's amazing that you can do this. You know, making favorites of songs and things like that. I had a whole thing of favorites, and um, <laughs> the, my Google accounts and changed. I don't even know how many I have, <laughs> and they got lost somehow. And I really do care about them, and I noticed that I actually had them saved on my phone. So last night I spent hours <laughs> transferring, you know, refinding all of my favorites on YouTube and putting them back on my Google favorites. And in order to do that, of course, I mean, these are the things that I love. So I listened to them, so it took hours. <laughs> Hours and hours of happiness. Yeah, I was very happy. I keep listening to um, Amy Winehouse. You know, uh, I'm just really sad that that she died. I continue to be sad that she died. <laughs> I don't know why exactly, it's just that I think that um, you know, she wrote songs and um, she wrote some from a lot of pain and it, very human and even when she didn't, wasn't singing her own songs, when she did cover for um, you know, other people's songs, she, she sang them in a way somehow that um, made the songs What can I say? Um, offered or she gave something, she raised the song to a uh, much more universal, um, connected place than often you hear them sung. So, <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> so that's what I did last night. I was going to say I love music, and then I was going to you know, start talking about completely something different in my talk today. So I have to bring myself back. I want to talk about work practice, because tomorrow we're going to have a work day. So I thought I would talk a little bit about the place of work in our practice.
<coughs> we can't really understand Zen practice without understanding what we mean by time. Time is an interesting topic. We can say life is time, or we can say there is no time in life. Zen understands time in a particular way that underpins exactly how we practice. When we sit, we can tell that there is no time, or that time is elastic, short or not here at all when we are fully present, or time can be very long if we're thinking and distracted. You might ask why I'm talking about time when I want to talk about the workday that we're going to have tomorrow. It's an interesting question. For Zen, there is no life without practice, and no practice without activity, and activity is time. It is why a few days ago, I was talking about Eko Narasaki Roshi, telling us at Hokyoji that just picking up a teacup is realization. Or when I mentioned Dogen, when he says that practice realization are the same. In fact, it is the total embodiment of activity that is realization. Katagiri Roshi often spoke about time. He reminded us that we usually think time is separate from us, and somehow we are in time. When we live that way, we are always catching up. We feel like we never have enough of it. We're afraid to lose it. We think it is linear, as in time moving into the future or fading away in the past. But this is not how Zen understands time. Meditation is a way to discover what our life is by becoming one with time as dynamic activity. When we do that, time disappears altogether as we are immersed in the activity of the moment. This is where eternity appears. Time is not linear, but all at once, and then again, all at once. As Suzuki Roshi said, we simply clean this, and then this, and then this, and when we step back, the room is cleaned. But time didn't go from dirty room to clean room. Time happened all at once, in this moment, and in the next, just like in the poem I read the other day. The dragon's jewels are found in this wave, in the next. Sometimes we think the room has changed from dirty to clean, but this is not our understanding. The word room doesn't represent a thing, but an idea. When we take away linear time, there is nothing that changes from one something to something else. There is only this now, complete as it is, and then it is complete in the next moment. And this is how we work. We work not with an idea that we are spending an hour cleaning. We simply clean in this moment, fully in this moment, and cleaning happens. If there were no activity, there would be no time. 
So to live in eternity, to live in realization, is to thoroughly commit oneself to the activity of this moment. The separate self can't exist when we are completely present. The self exists only in time. So this is how we do work in Zen. And this is Zen training, as much in the kitchen as in the Zendo. It is why I keep saying that the kitchen is the other half of our practice. And again, I, I invite people when we're having a retreat, even if you're not doing it, to come work in the kitchen. We are, um, there are three people interested in becoming Tenzo here. And we're studying Dogen's Tenzo Kyokan. And in the, the beginning of the Tenzo Kyokan, um, he talks about how to handle things and stuff. But the, but, but the end of it is the most, well, I was going to say the most important part, it's not true. The end of it is all about the mind. It's all about the attitude and the mind with which the head of the kitchen uh, works to embody kind mind, joy mind, big mind. It's a teaching position, the kitchen. We're, we're, we're young community, so we'll be learning together what that means. But hopefully, I, I would like us to understand kitchen work in that way, activity work at all in that way. When we say one with life, it seems like life is separate and we are a separate thing, becoming one with it. But that's too much. We are already life itself. And what life is, is activity. Energy in constant change, with nothing at the core anywhere. So to become one with life is to wholeheartedly commit to the activity at hand. That is our zazen. That is bowing. And that is cutting carrots in the kitchen. Tomorrow, it will be putting in sound foam and organizing the supply closet. It's a kind of a very Zen way to say, it's a kind of a not doing. You know, in Zazen, the instruction is to not do anything, to not activate the self when we're sitting. And it's the same thing in work. It's the next place that we practice that same not doing. It's difficult to think this is enough, and in some way it's true. But thinking about it is where the difficulty arises. We think there is a time when hopefully things will be better. But when is that going to be? There is only now. If we don't do now completely, we miss life altogether. This is why work and working together is so important in Zen. It isn't the work itself, it is the attitude with which we do it. The understanding with which we do any particular thing. Putting chairs back under the table when we get up is not a throwaway, unimportant thing. It is the activity of your life. And it is the activity of the chair's life, too. There is work, and we say not work, 
but why make the distinction? It's all our life, and if we make that distinction and think somehow work is being imposed on us, we are not taking responsibility for our life. For Zen students, there is no work time and leisure time. There's just life. Physical work for us is something deep and dignified. One of the things uh, I'm enjoying about New York is to see workers. You see workers all around in New York. It's great, and I hope that they feel about their work the same way that we feel about work in Zen. It would be great if that were the case. In traditional Zen training in a monastery, we have communal work days and also soji, temple cleaning, and working in the kitchen. These are all great opportunities to look at our attitude about our own life. We can see it in the way we puff the zafu, or the way the doan leaves the instruments he or she just finished using. We try in Zen to respect everything as the contents of our life. Work is a thorough engagement in our life. It is also a wonderful community building opportunity. Working together, doing one simple thing over and over is a great opportunity. Standing next to a fellow Sangha member, doing the same simple activity over and over is intimate. It's meditative. You notice your posture. You pay attention to your breath. You're careful with how you hold a knife, how you use it, how you put it down so the person standing beside you doesn't accidentally get cut. We put a knife down with the blade facing your own cutting board. How you wash it, how you put it away. This is why in the kitchen we work in silence. That way, we can put ourselves more fully into being attentive to the activity at hand. It's okay to talk if the talk is about the work, but otherwise we are silent in activity together. We bow to each other at the beginning and end of a work period. In that way, we appreciate each other no matter how the work went. It reminds us that our work is an offering not because of some goal, but because it's our life. Of course, in the mundane world, we do have goals, but we're careful not to be identified with them or attached. We just work at a project the best we can and let it go. How we do our work, whatever it is, is based on our understanding of time, activity, life. If we work like this, we can begin to appreciate work and return to it the dignity it deserves. In this way, we carry an appreciation of work into our daily lives, just like we take zazen mind into daily life. You know, in India, the monks uh, weren't allowed to work, and in the Theravadan tradition, even today, that is so. The lay community supports the monks in every way, but when, but when Buddhism came to China, especially in the Zen tradition, it changed. And particularly with Baijiang, the man 
who there's uh, a great story about him and the fox. I'll tell you later, another time. Baijiang was the Zen master who introduced the rules, the monastic rules that we follow to this day. Anyway, there's a story about him that um, he liked very much to work in the fields, but when he got really old, the community, the students, his students, thought that he was working too much. And so secretly, behind his back, they took away his tools. And Baijan didn't, he, he didn't, he said, that's not, not good, not good. And so he said this little quote, famous quote, he said, a day without work is a day without eating. And so they gave him his tools back. <laughs> Sweet. And Dogen, you know, we're studying in the Tenzo Kyokan, there are two stories about Dogen meeting two Tenzos, two head of the kitchens, when he comes to China. Uh, the first one was um, a Tenzo who had walked, I think this is the one, he walked miles and miles and miles to come to the boat that Dogen came over to China on because it carried these special mushrooms. And Dogen um, said this to the Tenzo. Let's see. He said, Venerable Tenzo, in your advanced age, why don't you engage the way by doing zazen or studying sutras instead of troubling yourself by being Tenzo? The Tenzo laughed loudly and said, Oh, good friend from a foreign country, it is clear you have no idea what it means to practice. <laughs> and he met another Tenzo who told, and, and Dogen told him a similar thing, you know, why are you working so much? Why aren't you sitting is the most important thing that we do, or studying or something besides working. And the Tenzo said, um, if I don't do it, who will? This is my life. This is my offering. And um, when I was first came to Tazahara, I would watch Suzuki Roshi working in the garden. And it was a, it was a treasure just to watch him work. Because he, he, he handled everything you know, with such incredible respect and carefully and, um, I don't know, it's just amazing just to watch him. He was embodying eternity in the activity and that was transmitted when you saw him work. So when our work is practice, it is less about what we are doing and more about how we are doing it. We train to develop a willingness to engage ourselves wholeheartedly in whatever we are doing in the present moment with the understanding that this is our life in this moment and it is the only moment that we have. It's always only this moment. It is beyond likes and dislikes, beyond doing and not doing, 
work or leisure, goal or no goal. We understand that activity is life. Activity is time being, or as Dogen said, being time. It is with this attitude that we take responsibility for what we do on and off the cushion. No difference. You know, most people practicing as, let's say, lay monks, so to speak, will not be spending a lot of time in a monastery. So in order to really understand our practice and to transform the poisons into wholesome energies, we have to develop this uh, continuity of awareness all day. That means really being attentive to each moment. Otherwise, I don't understand how lay practice will be possible. This continuity of awareness, continuity of mindfulness, continuity of presence on this moment and the next. There are a few books, if you're interested, about Zen's approach to work, activity, thought I'd mention. Um, there, Lou Richmond wrote a book called Work is Spiritual Practice. Mark Lesser's book, ZBA, Zen Business Association, I think it is. There's a book, The Diamond Cutter by Michael Roche. It's a Tibetan approach. It's a good book. And Darlene's book, The One Who Is Not Busy. Oh, terrific book. So I hope you can, if you know you can in your life, come tomorrow and do mundane work with the community. Uh, it, the reason it's good to do it in community is because we help us. It helps us each to remember that this is what we're doing. We're trying to do wholehearted activity in each moment in eternity. I can say, you know, as an older person, <laughs> like it says on the Han, you know, let's not waste our life. It's, it's just this moment, completely, and then the next, completely as completely as we can, and we come together to remember to do it that way. So if you can, come tomorrow and we'll do, you know, cleaning, putting up foam, cleaning out the <laughs> supply closet, <laughs> puffing's office, taking care of baby. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. 
Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.